0: you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion welcome to from the inside out with your host carla d walker to be your best self in your personal life and your business life all you need to do is look within yourself now here is carla d walker
1: good morning
2: world how are you today it is absolutely fabulous in the sunshine state i hope it's wonderful where you are My wish for you today is that you are healthy or that you're back on the road to health, that you have love in your life and are loved and that you know what it feels like to be loved and to love, that every step you take today moves you forward in your life, that you share your beautiful smile and that you share your wonderful spirit that you can show empathy and compassion to someone today and that someone shows empathy and compassion to you, that you are thankful for waking up this morning. I am thankful every morning for waking up to this beautiful world and that you are grateful for the experience that you are about to intake today. So I'm hoping you're gonna have woke up with a good day, a good smile on your face. I'm so thankful and so grateful for you to turn tuning in and listening. And feel free to call in um, on the show and talk with us. Uh, ask Marcus a question. I'm sure he can't wait to talk to you. Um, I guess today I said Marcus, and nobody said, well, "Who is Marcus?" Marcus Harris is our guest today, and marcus is a restaurateur or a restaurant owner and a father a family man business owner and a wonderful person and we're so happy to have marcus with us today as we talk about what it's like to own a restaurant and being a business as a restaurant owner and some of his trials and tribulations, his family, um, being a dad. Um, we're going to talk about Marcus and his story. So, Marcus, how are you this morning?
1: I am very well, thank you for asking. I, I, can, I can hear you're doing good yourself.
2: I am, I am. I didn't have any, not, didn't drink today, but no. <laughs> I'm
1: not <laughs> a sometime, drinker. You know, sometimes that's a choice. You, you, choose, <laughs> it is. you want to choose to be well that day.
2: That's right. That's right. You choose to be happy. You choose to live your life with joy and not let people take that joy away from you. I agree. I
1: totally agree.
2: Yeah. I meet so many people lately who seem to be angry, and I'm thinking, why? What are you angry about? I find it particularly strange living in a state that tourists flock to. Because of the beauty and the beaches, and and uh, the, to get away from the maybe the winter weather and the storms, right. and yet the people don't seem to be that happy a, a lot of the times. Uh, and, and a lot
1: of it depends on their story and their and, and their focus on life and their path that they've walked. And yeah, I've learned that I put my judgmental glasses to the side. I don't take them off. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'm human. Yes. Yeah. but. Until I have their story to understand mm-hmm. why they think and act the way they act,
3: mm-hmm. all
1: I can do is just sit back and just watch as there's an yeah. opportunity to step in to speak with them or to help them out or let them know that, you know, if you ever get an opportunity, you know, you need to speak to someone, then I'm here. But a lot yeah. of you're right, their story is just so angry and so sad and so... And, and a lot of times people are sad and angry based on the choices that they made.
2: Yeah. That's true, and I think about that. You know, as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about uh, uh, times when I would be at work uh, in corporate America, and somebody said, "Well, you're not smiling." I'm thinking, "We we'll have to smile all the time." No, <laughs> no, they don't have to smile all the time, but
1: you know, well, that's a whole different chapter and different book about corporate America and <laughs> certain people in corporate America what they expect. Of certain people and not of others so that's a whole different chapter <laughs>
2: that is you're exactly right you're exactly right but today we're going to talk about your chapter Marcus yes. and uh, let's tell the folks who you are who is Marcus Harris
1: well simply a regular person honestly that has had their struggles with families struggles with you know schools with, with corporate working in the corporate America world working in the private sector um, but basically Marcus Harris is a christian family man mm-hmm. that has been instilled in me since i was just a young person and thank god that it had because if it had not been instilled and i had not been on that path who knows where i would have been mm-hmm. um we, i do come from a family of <clears throat> uh, notoriety um mm-hmm. we have some people who are celebrities in our family and but we grew up with a an, um, And that's mm-hmm. how we were raised. That you know, you just if you're if you cannot be displayed on the front page of the paper the next day, mm. think three times before you say or do something. Mm-hmm. And that's how, mm-hmm. and that's how I carry myself, or attempt to. It's not always you know perfect, but right. you know I went to Akron Public Schools, you know, graduated um, with there from there, went to Akron University, mm-hmm. with a degree in marketing, um, and then I entered into the corporate
3: world. Okay. Um,
1: know what it was a really good experience um but there you meet um people who back to that comment about why aren't you smiling today because you know you come in joyful nice and happy but you really do see the disparity in how people are treated because we grew up you know treating everyone equally but when you get to that world that it's you do see a lot, basically, let's say, a discrimination. Um, yeah. You see a lot of different um, expectations of you compared to expectations of them. And right. it could be anybody, but, you know, and, and, and you know, that career path, for anyone who's listening, you can really make or break someone's career path or how you treat somebody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you, you know, people know when they're not treating people fairly. They know it. I mean, you, you can play that game if you want to, but you know that you're not. And I did have one person um, at that company who just was just for no reason at all, just out. But no one liked him, But that's a different story. Very smart yeah. individual, very capable. Um, but you know, I think some people feel that if you're not putting your foot on someone's neck, you're not really managing.
3: Mm, and that's yeah. not
1: how you manage. You don't. You manage yeah. from the bottom up, not from the top down. You support your people. And so that was probably one of my first real experiences, like, wow, really? Mm-hmm. And you come to work early, you stay late, you do, you know, you're helpful, you do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, and the, but, each, but a lot of, the, a lot of corporate America is like that, and that's one of the dangers of, of the trappings, that you make that decision. If you are true to yourself and you continue on your path, you're either going to fall by the wayside in corporate America or you're going to thrive and go up. Mm -hmm. That's that's not my personality. My personality is not to be on that team.
2: You know, I uh, I, I would just share with you that uh, I can uh, uh, relate to exactly what you're saying because I can remember moving into corporate America or starting a new job, and you're so enthusiastic, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to do a good job, and you're working, and you're loving what you do. You know, this is what you wanted to do. You went to college for it or right. trade school or whatever it is. And I had people who kept telling me, don't work so hard. You know, don't stay late. Don't do this. Don't, 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 don't. And I kept thinking, why are these people trying to stop me from doing what I love and from in, and from doing a good job? And so you're absolutely right. You have people who will try to stop you from moving forward? But yeah. you have a, you have to make a choice and Enjoy. ignore those folks because they right. they do not have your best interest in heart. Now I w- right. I will tell you I was and have have tendencies of being a workaholic. I can tell you that. So so in terms of may- maybe staying too long, I have been guilty of all of that. But in terms of in- Getting somebody to encourage you to do what you do, those have, those times have been few and far between. And mm-hmm. I can name the people who were encouraging to me uh, on probably one hand and who were very right. supportive I agree. In, in my career there. So I, I think you're right on point there.
1: But let's, and, they, let's, and, those, and those people stand out too. They, and they foretold okay. so lifelong, but they're, they're always at the back of your head, still encouraging you even though you're not there because they really were saving graces
3: yes
2: yes and they and sometimes they don't realize it right uh, exactly. and and when you tell them I think you sort of take I, I try to make sure that I tell people mm-hmm. that I appreciate them or that I'm grateful for them before they die yes. <laughs> because I want so, them so to right. know you know <laughs> I want them to know that I their efforts did not go unnoticed and I do right. appreciate that Correct. so um you, you got to do that. But, but yeah, right. They're, t- they're few and far between, and, and those are the people that you want to keep uh, close to you or keep connections with. But, you know, I want to get back to to the market story here, because <laughs> at some point you got your, your master's degree, didn't yes. you? Yes.
1: Um, my last position, I was with AT&T as uh-huh. a national account executive, and immediately, you know, like within six months, you were able to start your degree. So I decided, decided that, you know, I had a younger son at the time. And I'm telling him that, you know what, if I'm in school, you're in school. So I went back to get my master's. And I have an okay. international business. Um, and then with, I, did, I did an accelerator program um, because I was working full time. And okay. I did end up with a 4.0, a 4.0 GPA, which is great. But it took a... That was a whole year really away from my family, coming home, yeah. immediately going to my office and studying and everything. But I wanted to get it quickly. I didn't want to spend three years doing it. Yeah. But And I didn't do it for any particular reason. I did not do it for advancement in the company. I just did it because it's something that I've always wanted to do. And okay. more than likely, I'm, I'm considering going back to get another master's. I don't ah. necessarily want a PhD. I don't, want a PhD. I don't necessarily right. want to teach. But I would not mind going back to get another master's degree. I'll, have to, I'll just figure that down the line, because my son is graduating today from high school, so it'll be a good idea that, you know, if he's studying to get his yeah. undergrad, why not I go back to school and study to get another master's, and we can just study, you know, he'll be on campus, but still, that kindred spirit of studying will still be amongst, you know, the family, so that's why I'm considering South- doing it, but, you're try- but while you're to I be- finish the master's job, is when I basically was approached by someone... I have been doing a little catering with, and that's how the restaurant idea basically burst.
2: Okay, so I want to get. I want to also want to point out because it's something that you wrote uh, for me in your bio that I'm not sure. I think I put it into your uh, that I uh, uh, and on your bio that I want to make sure that that we make a point of is because this role model thing is something that you got early on. Uh, okay. from mom and, and uh, grandma, or um, was it your mother used to make you, that said oh. education was important <laughs> and would make my you and your and your siblings bring your books yes. home?
1: <laughs> we basically were raised by a single mother. My father okay. was really not in the picture, my natural-born okay. father. She did marry someone else, but he really wasn't fathered so to speak. He was just okay. her husband to a certain <laughs> extent, as we'll say. Yeah. We never called anyone daddy okay. in our life. We call our father, honestly, by his big name, by his first name. Period. Okay. We never, I mean, even though he lives barely five miles from us, he really didn't take an interest in us. Having mm-hmm. said that, the man is crazy about us. He loves us dearly, but it was just, for growing up, we, didn't, we, we weren't throwing the ball in the front yard. Okay. We weren't um, having that that male influence. My grandfather, my mother's father, um, mm-hmm. was, I guess, the basic of the male influence in our family. But I was just so young. My brothers, my younger brother, and my older brother seem to remember being that closely attached to him, but not here. But my mother instilled in us mm-hmm. that every day, if you had homework or not, she'd rather see four stacks of books on the dining room table, <laughs> period. Uh. period. She didn't care if you had homework. She was the kind of mother. She was a stay at home mother, but she was the kind of mother that popped up at school.
3: You know, oh. To
1: make sure that things were. You know, I was, I was rambunctious. I'm not going to lie. But she stepped in. She was the disciplinarian. She was uh, my grandma, her father, her father was a mathematician. And my father's father worked you know, in the, um, the factories and everything. So that's a good home, too. But my mother really put in place. Um, not that she really put a place for college, but it was just something that we just knew we were going to go to college. We just knew that. And it, we all went to college, you okay. know, because that was something that we instilled. And then we grew up poor, but you never knew we were poor. She mm-hmm. came into our house. You would never know. But in order for you to live your best life, you mm-hmm. have to really invest in you the best mm-hmm. way you possibly can. So you, we always were taught that how you grew up. Was your basement? That's your flat. That's your bottom line.
2: Hmm.
1: So you don't live below how you grew up. You live above how you grew up.
2: Ah, good way to so look it at it. It was that. never. Yeah.
1: A, it was never a thought process to live the status quo on how we grew up and below. Uh-huh. You know, we live in a three bedroom house. Fine. Then I need a four bedroom house, or I need this. I need that. I need four bathrooms, I need so-and-so, I need to be able to have that disposable income. Because like, like I said, we grew up poor, but we just didn't know we were, because that's just the kind of mother that we had. Mm-hmm. But you just didn't want to go below how we grew up.
2: Okay. So, what was your dream then? So, what was your dream for your life, and and what did you see yourself doing?
1: Honestly, i honestly a motivational speaker. Okay. That's what I always wanted to do. Uh, but in high school, I, was, I did accounting. And then when I got to college, I realized I did not want to sit behind the desk all day. Mm-hmm. And my forte was people, loved people. You know, got class clown. Miss, you know, most 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 um, most known in high school by one point. I was just very well known to my the teachers and the students. I, you know, my mother always says Marcus never meets strangers; mm-hmm. he meets friends. So. Being with people, and I've been working since I was 14 years old, so I've always worked basically, you know, help, we did help out with the family's um, income, I mean, expenses, but uh-huh. I just always wanted to do something with people. And then once I got into college and realized that most accountants aren't dealing with a lot of people, they still deal with the people, but not the way I'm looking at it, right. I moved more towards marketing and sales. Okay. I found out that sales was my forte. So most of my jobs have been in sales. Okay. Um, I worked for four or five major corporations over my career. Okay. i been either sales management, um, oh, I could be doing, it could be doing with the computers, but even like I did with, with Kraft Foods, I did um, the computers, but yeah, I still had to have a small account because I still wanted to have, to, to touch people, to go out to accounts, talk to stores, talk to so-and-so. So people, people are my magnet. They're, they're my magnet. Okay. I Love people.
2: So, when we come back from our break, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, what role does spirituality play in the decisions that you make for your business and for your life. But also, I want to talk about why did you go into the restaurant business from being an accountant to restaurant? That's going to be interesting. We'll find out when we come back.
5: Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
4: tuned into from
0: the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's one 346 9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show
2: hey welcome back marcus harris on uh, on our line is one of our guests and uh Marcus is telling us his story and he's going to talk to us a little bit about, you know, what role spirituality uh, plays uh, in the decisions that he makes for his business, for his life. And uh, why did he go into the restaurant business?
1: Sure. Well, my Aunt Lorraine and my Uncle Tim were pastors in Cleveland, I mean pastors in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my mother was, my step, the the, the man that my mother married was a pastor. He was the elder, his name was, was the elder. So mm-hmm. he started pastoring the church so we grew up in the church going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, twice on Sunday unless mm-hmm. there was a midnight musical on Saturday we went Saturday as well So mm-hmm. spirituality in the Bible we, were, we you know we had Bible studies at home we had to read the Bible and it was so I just thank God that there was connection there that once we, that walk I took serious
3: mm-hmm. so
1: almost every decision I make, I pray about. Um, the Bible does say, be careful with nothing but with prayer and, and supplication, so I do ask God. He wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives as we've been taught. Of course, I had to unlearn some things we learned before, because back then was, you know, fire and brimstone preaching and Bible study, but now this, God is a relational God. He's a relationship mm-hmm. God. He's really invested and interested in your life, and mm-hmm. once I've learned that, is that I do cast my cares, I do ask my questions, I am concerned, because I don't know everything. And so when um, AT&T laid me off in 2016, I had that choice. I was like, well, no, I've been doing a little catering. You know, I've always wanted to own like a little 40s, 50s supper club type mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did a lot of cooking for other people and catering for other people and businesses. And I said, well, Lord, Am I moving into it should I go back into corporate America and mm-hmm. you know, go through these trials and tribulations dealing with you know the upper management stuff, or is it time to do something on myself? And it just so happened that someone approached me mm-hmm. to open a restaurant and I prayed about it, and I believe the Lord is sent me in that direction. Um, it was not in the city that I lived in. It was in a southern southern city called Canton, Ohio, that mm-hmm. I opened the restaurant. But it was a really eye opening experience. You know, you you may work in corporate America, you may work in the business world, but until you own your own business, then you really understand what the running the business is about. Um, from the, you know, you got the EOC, you got the unemployment commission, you got state and local taxes, you got all kind of things going on dealing with employee, employees. Mm -hmm. One of the things I found difficult opening the restaurant prior to this is not being from the city that I opened the restaurant in. So my Mm -hmm. base and my pool of people that I would pull people from and talk about advice and and get the lay of the land was not my people from Akron, Ohio, they were from Canton. So I had to really lean upon uh, my partner at the time and other people to really um, see what direction to go into so we opened, the, we opened the restaurant and everything, and so, you know, I'm still praying about it because I'm, you know, still praying, you know, Lord, this is not, not, this is not going the way I want it to go, blah, blah, blah. But I will say this. In praying and being connected with God, he did show me some things about the partner I had. So mm-hmm. I would say within probably 45 days, I had to release him. He had to go. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's one thing you, I've learned in life, too, through this situation. Sometimes you've got to let go.
3: Okay.
1: Now Just you say that on. you had your restaurant.
2: I, you say that in your restaurant in Canton, as I understand, as I've spoken to some people, you had a, it was it was successful.
1: And, yes, uh, yes, it was. But think uh-huh. about it in, Lord, in God's timing. This is why I knew it was God about leaving AT and T because we had it up and running a year, and then I got laid off. Okay. And then do you go back to corporate America because you have a family to take care of? Right. You have bills to pay, you have a mortgage, or do you pour into the restaurant? Because before, I was, I, was, I was there every day, but I was stopping in. Now, I have to work the restaurant because okay. even my chef got sick and I was about to lose a couple limbs from, from diabetes if he had not gotten off his feet at the time.
3: Mm. So Then
1: I said, you know, Lord, this is your timing because I now have to be here full-time. Now, being there full-time, I saw so much more than I saw just being there in and out. And then at night, I was there from morning open to close. So you saw that much more. So I believe that God opened my eyes to some things. Well, to being depressed, again, back to the family thing, mm-hmm. I think about going back to corporate America. And one Sunday, these um, pastors walked in, Barbara and Kevin Andrews, and they bought a profit with them, Leon Forte. And I, the blue, he just started talking and said, no, this is where you're supposed to be. This is a ministry by itself. The Lord is saying that there are things that he has in store for you that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, okay. You know, I'm thinking Brink's truck. I'm thinking, hey, the money's going <laughs> in, blah, 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 you know, hey, we're going to be rolling. But yeah. that's not what it was about. It was about preparing me mm. for this move to Akron. Okay. And I'm walking, so for two years, I was like, okay, well, Lord, I'm waiting for this. Brink's truck, I'm waiting for this. And the things that he was telling me about you don't have the room for what God has in store for you. You don't have room. So I'm thinking all this time that God is coming from the left and he hit me from the right. The landlord started playing with my lease in uh, mm. 2018. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, something's going on. Well, i sorry, 2017, something's going on. Uh, he was trying to give it to this other person, but you know, I have missed the payment. I was on time. I, was, back, I have flashbacks to corporate America. Like, I got okay. out of corporate America to avoid this type of stuff. But I'm still pra- I'm praying, I'm fasting. I'm asking other people to pray with me. And the Lord just kept saying, nope. This, and it, what happens is, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? You mm. don't know what I have in store for you. And mm-hmm. he kept me for that. it was a successful restaurant for four years. He just kept it Go. He just kept us. He just kept us. So I started looking in Akron. Mm-hmm. Akron came down to Kenton and they were trying to tell me, you need to come home. And I wasn't even thinking about that, and I fell into this spot that I'm going into right now in mm-hmm. opening in July, and the prophet came and told me, last Father's Day, I wanted to speak with him and say, "Well, no, what should I sign the lease, blah blah, blah blah?" I will honestly say, he walked into the restaurant in Canton on Father's Day and walked up to me and said, "You're going to Akron, and hmm. you shall be well received." blew my mind. Because okay. I had not talked to him yet about going to Akron. I just wanted to ask him about it, you know, because he right. represented me with the leaves. Involved. But my faith, I remember what the Lord said. And he even said, he said, remember what the Lord told you. He kept you here in Canton just for a season, and it's time for you to go back home. Mm. And then it came back to my mind, the Lord, and the Lord was saying to me, I told you I had you. I told you I had you. Sometimes he hits me when I'm I'm in the kitchen cooking or something. He'll go, I told you I had you.
3: <laughs>
1: and it's, it's that faith. It really is by faith that
3: okay.
1: we have to keep that walk going on. But it's hard because, again, I don't have income coming in. My right. life is corporate America. I have a... 17-year-old, 16-year-old son at the time, I have a wife, I have a household bill, I have all this stuff going on. And right. you want to be where the comfortable support is, not walk out on faith and say, okay, do so I do this restaurant thing full-time? Because that's not guaranteed salary, because you should you right. have to make sure that your employees are getting paid before you get right. paid. So that was a whole another trial mm-hmm. and tribulation, working with that, you know, uh, with the right people. But it's been an experience, I will say that.
2: Marcus, what is the name of the restaurant? You keep saying your restaurant, but we don't know what the name of it is. No.
1: What was the, the name, name of the restaurant? It's is called Mark's. It's spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E-S. It's not Marquez, not Marquise's. It's Marx. And it's a play on um, my partner was named Mark, and I'm okay. Marcus. And Marx is French, plural for Mark. Right. And the okay. French part is the restaurant itself is a southern food restaurant with Cajun and Creole influences.
2: Ooh. That so sounds the- delicious.
1: <laughs> we have the fried fish, the fried chicken, the greens, the yams, the macaroni and cheese. But so we also have the chicken and waffles, the shrimp and grits, the jambalas, the gumbos, the etouffets. And, you know, right now we're expanding more into, of course, the, um, the keto and the vegan, the vegetarian, the pescatarian stuff, because that's what the market calls for right now. Um, if I decide to do some Italian, I do some spaghetti. If I want some fried rice, I do some fried rice. And I've been like, four different magazines and uh, TV interviews. My philosophy simply is this. It's not a soul food restaurant. It's a southern food restaurant.
2: Mm.
1: And, um, and I educate people. You think. About What's what the difference?
2: Think. What's the difference between soul food and southern food?
1: There, you know what? They say it's the love and what you put in it. But this is what I tell uh-huh. them up front. When you think of soul food, you think of basically African Americans. But if mm. you go to Mississippi and Alabama, you have grandma in that back country yard that can outcook. African Americans. We don't own the market of singing, dancing, and cooking. Down south, everybody eats chicken. They eat fried chicken. You know, if you watch the Food Network. You'll see that.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, when you
1: think of African American, you think of um, <clears throat> excuse me. You think of when you think of Africa, you think of African Americans. But in Africa, there's Moroccans, there's Egyptians, there's South Africans. So right. the restaurant itself is a mirror of that. We're trying to. We're just showing that we want you to we want you to see yourself in that restaurant mm. so if i decide to make some korean food that day as a special then i'll make korean food that day it depends on what hits me you know food is just food is just soul food is just i mean spaghetti is an italian person's soul food so you know soul mm. food is really when you put yourself into it a lot of it it's, it's your history it's your love and I always tell everybody the same thing: is that you can make creamer wheat soul food if you really wanted to. It's that's a mentality. stretch,
2: Marcus. That's a stretch. State of
1: mind. You that's know? a
2: stretch, Marcus.
1: But <laughs> well, I'm just saying, listen. You'd be surprised <laughs> what you could do. That could, that could be all somebody had to eat. That could be soul food. It's the uh, love. True. You know, it's yeah. the love of what you put and how you prepare it. it. A lot of things in life is the intent. Yeah. So if my intent is feeding my kids some, some creamer wheat. But I got all the love I have, and what I have to cook for them for breakfast—that's mm-hmm. soul food to me. Marcus, did you go to culinary
2: school? I mean, where? Yeah. How did you learn to cook?
1: The, I, the gift from God, honestly. Mm. I started back. I, I remember days. Uh, my brothers teased me. i I was making. Um, trying to make bread and make potato pies back in fourth grade, and crashing and burning terribly and trying to hide, the, the, hide it from my mother because I know we didn't have that kind of money to waste on food. But I would just try different things, making cinnamon bread and making those type of things.
3: Mm. Because
1: it was just always in me just to cook, always. And everything I make is not successful, mm-hmm. but that's how you learn.
3: All right.
1: You know, my macaroni and cheese is not going to taste like your macaroni and cheese. And now there's so many different types of macaroni and cheese. Yes. So our, educa- our education to people is just letting them know that you know, we have a house magazine, a house um, mac and cheese that has lobster and stuff in it. So it's not a regular mac and cheese then. It's a lobster uh-huh. mac and cheese. So it's, right. It's, it just depends. But no, no, no no, school training, no nothing. You're just cooking. Just, I, just and I, honestly, that's the best way to say it. And now my son has adapted that same thing. He now... He has a flavor profile that he can, his seasoning base is almost as good as mine. He can just pick out the cupboard on a steak or whatever, and he can just season things. And I have actually, I am so impressed on the things that he comes up with. Cooking this is a, it's a trial and error. I mean, just,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you learn. Mm-hmm. Some things I burn still, you know, it, it, you just, you learn how to do it. But what it's a love and talent it does really. It, it does come. Through. I mean, I really wish I did go to culinary school, but I just I didn't. So I hired people to have.
2: Okay. Okay. So you are you actually in the kitchen cooking, or are you more a director in the kitchen?
1: I'm in the kitchen cooking.
3: Okay.
1: And that's okay. Where I'm. To, that's where we're going to have to have a coming kind of meeting of the minds with the new restaurant. Is mm-hmm. that I did 100 percent of the cooking down in Canton. Okay. But. Here, it's gonna be much bigger. I've hired, like I said, kitchen cooks. So okay. I have no, but people are not, and I said, this is not an ego thing. I said, but people are used to the food that I cook.
3: So mm-hmm.
1: if it can't be better than what we, I have come up with before, I have no problem you know, tweaking certain things and making it easier for all of us. Okay. But if you can improve on yes. what I've done, great. Teach us all. But we do have our basis on our menu that we have in place right now but we can improve on it let's improve on it but we can't change to we can't change. there are certain things that will not be changing the fried chicken recipe and the fried fish recipe the candy and recipe would not be changed
2: so is your um, menu sort of fluid then or do you have, you have a standard menu then you have uh, like you said specials and things that you insert uh, yes. each day or every week is that how it
3: goes
1: yes we have, like, you know, like soft jazz playing in the bag, you know, background. Very nice, relaxing the atmosphere. The menu okay. itself, the ones that are posted are the basic menus. Those are, again, the foundation. But okay. there will be, I, like, I can't, I can't fit all of the vegetarian dishes that will be in the restaurant on the menu that's posted. So mm-hmm. we will always have rotating specials. And what I really want to do is, as we rotate specials, whatever really clicks the best, is what mm-hmm. we can put on the, the the steadfast menu. Okay. And then you still have cuz there's so much food out there and so many things to make. So let's do a rotational thing but the basic rest the basics are will always be there cuz that's what people really come for those basics, but now you want to get them. So if you've been there they say 10 times, you want to want something probably different. So that's where the specials come in. That as we learn and turn these specials through, then we'll see what sticks and then you may find that if that sells like you know 200 percent whatever, that goes on the menu from now on. And something may move off, doesn't mean we can't prepare it. it just means that on the main menu, that new item will be the new item on the menu.
2: Now I've never owned a restaurant, but everything that I've seen sort of shows me or tells me that this is a never-ending business. I mean, it seems like the people in restaurants are there all the time, almost, um, and so it would yeah. feel like it would be a lot that to take on.
1: Uh, it as, is if you hire the wrong people. Do if you, you hire the your, wrong people? Does your family you play a role people, in the restaurant? I'm sorry.
2: Does your family play a role in the restaurant?
1: You know what? Yes and no. Um, my okay. wife will definitely be there. She walks through. She, mm-hmm. um, she, they, they, she. It's like my baby, but I need her support. That they know she's. I call her the queen bee. That's the queen bee, though. So when everybody <laughs> walks in, they know the queen. The queen's here. But okay. she'll tell you that's not her expertise. But mm. she, her background with counseling, all the employees want to talk to her. Um, mm-hmm. You're there a lot, but you really have to hire the right people who have the same type of passion for cooking that you do. So Mm -hmm. servers have to have the passion for serving. The cooks have to have a passion for cooking.
3: Okay.
1: But you all have to love people. You all have to love serving people, which goes Mm -hmm. back to the spiritual part of serving people. The joy Mm -hmm. is that... You know, not. I don't like, I don't like nah, my, my one friend likes me be on the floor talking to customers. I'll, I'll walk through and talk to customers a lot. Up here, I'll do it more because I know more people. But mm-hmm. the passion is in the cooking to make sure everything is right. So then, when you hire people with the same passion that you have and an expertise that know how to cook, and we and we have agreed upon the menu, I will not have to be there every day. My goal is not to be there every day. Open. Okay, the so.
2: So what we're going to do when we come back from break, we're going to talk about maybe a couple of the challenges that you had, but uh, in terms of running your restaurant, and how you bounce back. But I'd also like you to, you know, uh, ask you, what would you tell anyone who has that dream of starting a business or opening a restaurant? What were some things you'd tell them? And also let people know how to contact with you. And we'll do all that when we come back. <laughs>
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Cleggle. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose, live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment.
4: Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Into from the inside out to reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
2: Hey, we're back with Marcus Harris. Uh, owner of Mark's in Akron, Ohio uh, and Mark's is newly open. Mark's going to tell us where it is and when you're gonna when it will be open so, yes. so people can come and have some of the southern cuisine that you're doing. Right.
1: <laughs> well, we'll be open <laughs> hopefully in July. Um, mm-hmm. It's really located at 1201 East Market Street in Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the old Goodyear building. Right now there's, it's called the Residence Hall but the mm-hmm. Goodyear Theater is on one side and I'm on the other side. So um, most people that are from Africa over the Goodyear, the old Goodyear plant is. And they revamped that whole area called the East End. So okay. That's where I'll be. Okay.
2: Fantastic. And if they, want somebody, if they want to contact you, how would they do that?
1: You can contact us on our Facebook page under Mark CFS. That's Cajun Soul Food. Um, under Facebook, our website is markseastend.com. Um, and our phone number at the restaurant is 330 Four seven five
2: eight three five five. And Marks is spelled M A R Q U E S, right?
1: Correct. Correct. Okay. All
2: right. So, uh, just a couple more things. So, what would you tell anyone who has a dream of starting a business or opening a restaurant? Are there some challenges that maybe you had that mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, that you could share? How you bounce sure. back from that? Yeah.
1: Do your homework biggest thing is do your homework, and I will tell you up front, and be persistent with the cities. A lot of cities have um, funding for new businesses, but they'll tell you they do not. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure you have your own funding or access to your own funding. It could be investors. It could be even tapping into your 401K. It could be savings account. Um, mm-hmm. But never give up on your dream. You may have to tweak it a little bit, start off smaller, something different. Then once you get to a, a level that you're comfortable with, then, and you're prospering. Then, uh, go to your your, um, your main dream. Your dream does not have. It can come in steps. It doesn't mean uh, this one leap from here to there. You can take your dream in steps, um, but just be prepared. Learn the laws. Learn. Um, you, learn what um, citations are out there. Learn what certifications are out there that you need. Know what licenses that you need. It's just not as easy as opening a building up. You just want to make sure that everything. Is in order because you have inspectors that come in. So, depending on what the business is, make sure you do for your happiness. Follow your dream, definitely, but just do your research first, do your knowledge first. And probably your biggest thing is going to be employees. Um, I've been blessed to have some decent employees, but if you find people that have your same passion and then collectively um, either work together, either find a mentor that that you're, um, that's in the same area that you want to go into with business. Having a mentor is great because they're the ones who can share with you and point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Ask for help is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Ask for help. But more importantly, pray. Just ask the Lord, is that the direction that he wants you to He wants you to go into? Because, again, a lot of times flesh gets in the way, and we think we want to go into this direction, but he really wants you to do something else. And mm-hmm. everything is not, you know, don't go into an uh, area that's saturated with what your idea and your dream is, because then actually you're, you're not necessarily setting yourself up for failure, but it's harder because if that business is already established, it'll be hard pressed for you to get started up in that area. But just don't give up on your dream, though.
2: No. Now you have to also, um, if you are in a in a market that's saturated, so let's say for example, trend, uh, chicken. <laughs> there's a lot there's a hundred places to get chicken or pizza right uh, you have to identi- find your differentiator right you have to find what how are you different, different from everybody you else different,
1: you yeah. know don't be afraid to make samples don't be afraid to work to, to actually put your, get your name out there go to um, business networking events and talk to people who are in the business starting business there are so many organizations out there that help people start businesses believe me cities want new, fresh businesses. Mm-hmm. People want to go out to eat. People want to actually get a new mechanic. They want new retail establishments. They want that. And because after a while, so many people, are, get, they get tired of going to the same places to get the same things done. But I'm telling you, cities, if you, if, you, if you invest the time and research, but cities, most cities put on networking events that will answer all your questions from financing to even helping you with um, hiring and training. It's it's definitely out there. It's definitely out there.
2: Is it beneficial to join like the chamber of commerce or uh, in that city and or? I would say
1: some, depends. Okay. It depends. If your chamber of commerce is aggressive, they'll come out. Trust me. You open the business, they're going to come after you. But. Okay. They want you to join them. But if they're not progressive enough that they're not doing anything for you, I wouldn't waste the money, to tell you the truth, because I when I was the one down in Canton, I didn't see any benefit of being a part of the Chamber of Commerce because people still came your way. But okay. it's good to talk to people in the Chamber of Commerce because, again, the Chamber... They have money, and they have influence, and they have knowledge, and they can point you in the right direction. So you definitely want to hook up with your city development person. Your business Mm -hmm. development people, there's a department in every city that has the business development people. Go talk to them. Give them your idea. And their idea, their job is not to crush your dream. It really is to lay it out in truth and show you what the steps are. They may give you, some, you know, some hindrances, but they'll also tell you these are the steps that you're going to have to do from getting a vendor's license, getting a, a federal number, and getting all that stuff together and in that right timing to get that. Then once you have that knowledge, and it's going to be trial or error, you know, it's not going to be maybe, it, it, but it still depends on the blessing. You may come out gangbusters, but if you mm-hmm. don't come out gangbusters, don't worry about it. Just be prayerful. Just be tenacious. And honestly, with all due respect, be there. If you mm-hmm. open a business, be there. There's but nothing you, worse than walking by a business you, that opens up and it's never open.
2: But how do you balance that being there and being with your family? And and also, Marcus, one other thing real quickly is uh, the first few years, you're not making a lot of money. So no. Uh, is this something that you have to have a a, a side hustle uh, well, uh,
1: in order to keep well, going, or yeah, go ahead. It's nice to have a partner, a marriage partner, a wife or a husband, or domestic partner that has that income coming in. Um, it's nice to have a budget where you are having things already in place for a while. Because I didn't start this till we were already in our house for twenty five years. But mm-hmm. this, you also have the savings that you can tap into. Um, and I can't say that all businesses, you don't make money. I know in the restaurant business, we really didn't. I didn't lose money. We didn't just make a lot, a whole lot of money. But
3: yeah.
1: you want to have that backup plan. You have to have that backup plan just in case. But having a side hustle, that's the hard part because you're already away from your family.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fam- it's a commitment. It's a family commitment. At least in the restaurant business, you're there. But then again, like I said, this round, when you have the right people in place, you still get those two days off. You know, mm-hmm. you still want, you, you, you probably get a lot of weekends off, but you, you need your rest. There's nothing to, you need your rest. Like, mm-hmm. I ended up working seven days a week. Every, day, every I opened the clothes. Because, again, I was the main cook. And, okay. again, I didn't have that resource, um, resources of people down in Canton. But I enjoyed it so much, it wasn't that big of a deal. I enjoyed it, and my family knew that once you invest that, and then once you invest your money into it, it really is now, you look at it as a retirement-type thing. Now, this could be mm. a good nest egg to blow up. But one of the key things is know when to cut your losses.
3: Mm.
1: If you're losing money, and you continue to lose money, most businesses lose money within five years, but you're still getting paid, and everything's being paid, but you're just not making a profit. But right. if you're drowning... You have to learn when to balance Say, Okay, this was not the time. Not that the dream is bad. It may not be the time. And I need to step back. And be okay with that. Be okay with that. Because your family comes first.
2: Okay. So there's one thing that that I want to put an emphasis on that you said that I also want to repeat to you, because I can hear you going down this path again, is that self-care. you got to take care of you. (laughs) because if it's your restaurant and your your name's on the on the uh, the headline there ahead and you're not well and you're too exhausted to make the decisions to to be there then that's going to be a problem that will reflect on your on your business
1: right it is. If you are, that's why you want to surround yourself with people who you trust that if you have to have time off, you should take time off. Even if, it, if you feel the need to go there, not open to close. So if you have to go there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon instead of being up there at 7 or 8 in the morning, that still rests for you. Mm -hmm. Or you want to close early, so if if you're the owner, you can close a little earlier, or you just say, you know what, you got someone else closing for you, but you're still there. You -hmm. still have to have time to make a present, especially if you have children. You have to be present in their lives. I'm not saying go to every school program, but they have to know. If they're young kids, you're not going to know you're doing it for them. But you have to really discern, am I doing this for me or doing it for the family? Now, if you're doing it for the family they're going to understand but you, the self-care is so important because the like guy he said if you get sick and you're the only person that know how to do anything cook run the books or whatever then the business is down right you have to be, you have to trust and train people to have mm-hmm. your back so that you can have that self-care
2: mm-hmm. say that again Marcus so you can hear it
3: you
1: have to, <laughs> you have to <laughs> I told Carlos that's why I said up here in Akron I okay. got plenty of people <laughs> I got people who a, a management training program, and because I, I my philosophy i already told them up front I'm not open and closing every day I got two people who do who want to do all, all they do their, their school train, they want to open every day yeah I'll pop in I' have no problem popping in but i have, you have to really back off and really enjoy especially as you get older self care you have to. That's why I've always decided to what the re- about the recipes. You guys, if you guys can make this better than I can, that means you're not always relying up on me. Let's mm-hmm. make these things together. So now we're a big team. Mm-hmm. I have a man- I have actually. I not have in Canton, but I have a management team up here. I have a management mm-hmm. team of eight people who are on the management team, mm-hmm. and everybody's trained to do everybody's job. Now they may, you know, I mean, I keep all eight but right now we're starting off with eight people and one thing about um this type of business is living and breathing constantly mm-hmm. constantly turnover is constant because everybody doesn't have, everybody does share your dream and your um and your enthusiasm you know this is more than a job to me and mm-hmm. people who know how to cook and they have a passion for cooking if you let them express their creativity you have real support from them
2: yeah a lot of the restaurant uh business is word of mouth so if you have customers come in and they really had a great experience uh and the food was great and the atmosphere then it will get around and people will start coming
1: see most of my customers in canton were from akron so they've been waiting for me to open up in akron and then i hired people people i mean the churches around here alone would just fill this fills up during the week but where i'm at we have um residential apartments we have like Babcock and Wilcox has bringing 2,000 employees. Suma Health System has 800 employees across the street. So we have people, when I say across the street, I mean literally you can walk 20 steps and you're across the street. So sure. we've already had an open house where like a handle ice cream and a um, Starbucks shop that opened up in our parking lot. And we all were out there, those who are you know, opening businesses there, like a 83 breweries want to be there as well, like a microbrewery. With that we're okay. supplying their food. Okay, so Marcus, I'm going getting- to have
2: to cut you off. I know we could talk forever on this. I am so proud of you. I wish you so much success there in Akron, at Akron, at Marks M A R Q U E S. It's been a delight talking to you, Marcus. Thank you uh, for my for being on our show. And I want to thank you guys for listening. And this is Carla. Hope to see you next time on From the Inside Out.
0: Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.